Welcome to Money Hacks, a podcast series by The Straits Times and The Business Times, where we offer tips for the newcomer to the financial investment scene. Hi, I'm Chris Lim, and my co-host is Ernest Lewis. With us is the head of Unsecured Loans and Cards for DBS Bank, Anthony Xiao. Welcome to the show, Anthony. Hi, thanks for having me here. Now, Anthony, we're aiming this episode at those who are interested in a few key travel spending hacks, ways to stretch their money further when traveling overseas. You know, coming back to the needs of uh, the, the traveler, would you say there's a difference between the need of the casual traveler and the hardcore mouse junkie? You know, actually, one thing with cards, right, if you kind of uh, know your way around and you, are, you take a bit of time, invest a bit of time to do research, you can actually get yourself pretty good deals, right? So a lot of card companies, what they have, they do tie up with Agoda, Expedia, etc. So uh, it's good that if you're planning a travel, check your bank website to see what promos they have with who. You may want to go check it out. You can like, then get special discounts. For those who, who have miles, usually my advice is that miles are actually best for long-haul travel than short-haul uh, flights. Uh, it's more worth it, if you ask me. And from what I've seen, actually, a lot of Singaporean cardholders are very, very savvy, right? They will actually look at, they will do research and they see, well, for short-haul flights, sometimes even they have the miles, they may not redeem it for it because they find that the difference, the benefit of using the miles may not be worth it and they actually buy a, a commercial ticket that's on, on uh, promotion. But typically, they are also quite savvy in the sense that uh, redeeming miles for flights is actually more worth it when you redeem for long-haul flights, in particular, let's say, for example, business class return ticket to Europe or the US, right? It's a lot more worth it in terms of the value of the miles that you get versus, let's say, buying a, a commercial ticket for, for that. Now, one thing with miles also as a tip, uh, especially for long haul, if you want to travel, it's important to actually plan in advance because the number of seats that they have is limited. In, like in Singapore Airlines case, uh, they have two tiers, right? So you have a saver and then you have the standard, right? The saver is actually a lot less miles needed to redeem for the same flight. Even though, yes, there are some restrictions, but those are usually the first to be snapped up. So it's good to plan ahead, book early. So planning and research sounds like there's no getting around that. But research, you, not just research, your math must be good to you know, count how many miles and how many rewards you get for each card and which time of the year. Does it take a lot of time? To, is there a shortcut to uh, speeding up, you know? your savviness, getting up to speed. Okay, so actually the shortcut, understanding rewards for cards, right, is, is very, very straightforward. Usually, all banks will offer two different rates of rewards, one for spending locally in Singapore and the other one for overseas spend. So usually overseas spend, you will tend to get higher reward points or miles compared to a local spend. So I think that's all you need to know. Is there a different psyche between a casual traveller and a miles junkie? Do they think about travel in a different way? Actually, I don't think so. Again, you know, if you look at it, the miles junkie is basically this, right? They tend to spend a lot more on cards. So that therefore, you know, the miles might become more relevant for them. Right, because you do have to spend enough to earn enough points, uh, air miles, to actually redeem for a ticket. So I, I would say that's really the key, key difference. Other than that, I don't really see much of a difference. Coming back to the Forex wallet, I find that an intriguing notion, but I don't really understand it. How exactly does it work? And if I wanted to start using it for an upcoming uh, trip, how should I start using it? Okay, so firstly, I think you, know, you need to have a, the, the account with DBS and to get a debit card. And let's say right now you want to go to the US and, and let's say right now you're starting to monitor the, the US exchange rate and let's say it's a level that you're comfortable in, are comfortable with, what you do is just log into our iBanking. You can actually buy US exchange US dollars and you ultimately sit in that wallet. So when you travel, the debit card is actually quite smart in a sense. What once you are in US and let's say okay, maybe uh, let's take an example. Let's say you change uh three thousand US, right? And once you're in the US, the card and you do a transaction 
you will know that you're in US, you will automatically take and debit your US dollar purse. Now, one thing you need to know is also this. Uh, let's say right now you're $3,000 in there, you're buying something that's 3500 Now, because you don't have sufficient US dollars, you automatically convert going back to default and actually debit your sing dollar wallet because you didn't have enough money in your US purse, right? That's basically the long and short of how it works. It's very interesting. So, of course, it's not a real wallet. It's a virtual wallet. And, of course, it, it works by uh, giving me a benefit when I have a balance of a particular currency in the country I'm travelling to. And, of course, if I don't, then it Then you go to the SING, you debit your SING account. Yes. So, in your experience, how popular is this uh, account among uh, DBS customers? Actually, I, I would say, you know, it's, it's getting very, very popular. Because, you see, actually a lot of people buy, take things up, not because they're frequent travellers, but it's a, a lot of reasons, right? One is they shop on e-commerce quite often. So you can do that too. You ultimately hit your US purse. Or people actually invest, who invest in, say, uh, uh, the US or Europe and all that. So they want to have that currency, right? And by extension, it, it also applies to you when you travel, that benefit. So we are seeing that actually uh, getting quite popular because of uh, the consumers getting a lot more savvy. Like and a higher take-up rate from the younger segment of the market? or I, I would say it's, you know, uh, it's actually quite a good mix, I would, okay. yeah, I would say. Yes. How are they finding out about this? How are you reaching these people? Are they finding out through all channels or the particular channel that people monitor? Uh, well, we, we of course, we reach out to our customers based on data, you know, in terms of what they do, they travel, and, and we'll target them and say, hey, maybe you want to consider this, right? So that's how we reach out. But right now also for us, what's happening is for people from here on when they open an account, typically straight away, you'll be a multi-currency account, and then they just need to get that, that, that multi-currency debit card that's linked to their account. Thanks, Anthony. Thank you. That's a wrap for Money Hacks. And do send us your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. There are also more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times and The Business Times. Do note that any financial or investment information in this podcast is for use in Singapore only and is intended to be for your general information. Any particular investment or decision should only be made after consulting with a fully qualified financial advisor. <laughs>